Uh, thanks very much, Jameen. Uh, so I'm Bobby Eno, and I currently work for the Catholic Diocese of San Diego, uh, where I'm the director for the Office for Life, Peace, and Justice. Uh, I am married to my wife, Colette, and we've been married for 17 years, and we have a blended family, and together we have four wonderful children, all in their 20s. Uh, we have two boys, uh, Brendan and Eric, and two girls, uh, Kelly and Katie. Um, and that's, and I also have uh, two parents that are 90 years old that currently live with us. So, you know, a big part of who I am is my family, my wife and my children and my extended family as well. Um, I grew up in uh, Philadelphia uh, on the other side of uh, our country as an East Coast, East, East Coast boy. And uh, I'm a product of uh, almost, now, now I'm a product of 20 years of Catholic education. So I like to say that I'm a, I'm a cradle Catholic where my faith is important to me because uh, I was adopted as an infant through Catholic charities. Uh, and I was adopted into a wonderful, beautiful family, loving family with my mom and dad. Uh, and I, I really had a very idyllic middle-class uh, childhood growing up, uh, you know, attended Catholic schools and then went to uh, Catholic university, Villanova. And then I became a Marine officer and I was a, uh, a career Marine. I, I spent 20 years in the Marine Corps uh, from 1988 to 2008 uh, doing a variety of uh, what they call operational assignments and staff assignments. Uh, I, I, uh, I had the pleasure to lead uh, Marines uh, both in peace and also uh, in combat. I spent about four years of my life in the Middle East and uh, 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 in the combat zone. Uh, and I retired uh, from the Marine Corps in 2008 and my wife and I decided to uh, settle and live in San Diego, where we are currently uh, stationed. Um, and uh, we bought a business. I bought a business. It was an industrial tool and supply company. And uh, I was a small business owner for a few years. Business was humming along. Uh, and then, uh, you know, in uh, early January of 2011, uh, uh, through a series of events, I was, uh, uh, became aware that I was a target of a federal investigation for activity that my company was doing to some of my employees. Uh, and that period of time took about two years before ultimately I was indicted. And uh, after my indictment, I went to a trial and I was subsequently uh, found guilty of two financial crimes, uh, a conspiracy charge and a single count of bribery. Uh, and I was immediately incarcerated and I spent uh, and the next 31 months in, I had a 36 month sentence and I spent the next 31 months in, uh, in federal prison. So I went from, uh, you know, kind of this idyllic life, very middle-class life, uh, great childhood, uh, wonderful career. Uh, some people would say that I was quote, a pillar of the community, whatever that meant, uh, to ultimately, um, you know, uh, having the shame of having to go, uh, to prison and uh, deal with that. And I kind of emerged from uh, prison or came out of prison in 2015 with a lot of, you know, personal shame and, and thinking that I had the stigma now that I had a, a criminal record and that I was incarcerated. Uh, and I started to try to build my life back together. And I uh, was fortunate enough that I was able to go back to school at the University of San Diego and uh, started pursuing a doctoral degree in leadership studies and nonprofit management. And as I was doing that, uh, I was uh, through a mutual friend that was a police officer. He introduced me to Alan Mobley, who's, uh, you know, uh, 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 very active in the Ojai Foundation. 
And uh, Alan uh, met with me and he was, uh, you know, very empathetic about my situation. And we started to get to know each other. And after knowing each other for about six or seven months, uh, he was starting a, a student organization called Project Rebound. And uh, since I was a graduate student and uh, maybe because he felt sorry for me, I don't know, but, but he invited me uh, to come over and participate and uh, volunteer uh, for Project Rebound. And I, I said, sure, I'd love to do that. And, and I, I did. And uh, my first volunteer experience was sitting in a council circle, which I had never, I didn't know uh, what restorative justice was really, other than just kind of hearing the terms. And I had never uh, heard of council or, uh, you know, circles. Uh, and I sat in that circle for the first time. I said, hey, this is kind of interesting. And then that led to uh, me becoming an active volunteer at Project Rebound, probably uh, coming to the, the campus at San Diego State once or twice a week and uh, participating in council with students on a very regular basis, weekly, sometimes twice a week. Um, and that kind of led me to start seeing, especially, uh, you know, from my previous background in, in kind of a traditional organization, the military, where you know, that, that's not something that, you know, that normally we do culturally, uh, where we sit in a circle, you know, very hierarchical structure, uh, to being very intrigued. And uh, that led me, I, I think about a year later, I attended my first council training at the Ojai Foundation. So I did uh, council one on the land uh, up in Ojai. Uh, and then I uh, did council two uh, after the after the fires up in Hawaii, I did another council two training at a re retreat center uh, uh, in Ojai, uh, relatively close to the land. Um, and uh, I just became convinced that, uh, you know, uh, sitting in council, facilitating council in some cases uh, was a wonderful way to communicate that really was something that I hadn't been doing for a long time in my life. Um, so that's how I came to council initially. Uh, I finished my uh, degree uh, at the University of San Diego in 2018. And literally, as soon as I graduated, I was hired by the Catholic Diocese of San Diego, uh, initially to be their Associate Director for Restorative Justice. And my primary responsibilities uh, were for uh, managing and resourcing the prison and jail ministry programs in our diocese. Our diocese has 25, now 24, but at the time, 25 uh, detention facilities, jails, or prisons. Uh, we have very active uh, uh, ministry there. They look a little bit different in, the, in each facility, but we have them there. About 400 volunteers and then a small staff to support the volunteers. Uh, and I, I immediately started with some of my trainings that I would do for volunteers and also some of the advocacy work. I, I found myself uh, using counsel. I mean, uh, it, quite literally using counsel uh, on, on, on a very regular basis, weekly, sometimes more than that, uh, to conduct trainings, to conduct dialogues, uh, to do discussions. Uh, that, that led me uh, also to start uh, uh, getting involved with an organization that, that does restorative justice in the community, uh, kind of an alternative sentencing program. It's called Restorative Justice Mediation Program, where we also run circles and we also do victim offender dialogues for people that have been armed uh, as well as the people that have done harm. Uh, and, and, and what I think I found about counsel mostly is it's really interesting. I, you know, I'm a Roman Catholic and, and there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of baggage that comes when you talk about, you know, the Roman Catholic church, right? 
and it's a, it, it, it tends to be viewed as a very hierarchical organization. And I have found like the work that I've been able to do uh, utilizing council uh, has been perfectly aligned with uh, my own values and I think the values of the, of the church that I currently work for, which is really interesting. Uh, and uh, it's, it, it's been a beautiful path. Um, in fact, recently we had a staff day for our entire diocese, uh, a virtual staff day. And uh, we have about 110 people uh, on the staff, on, on our staff day that participated. And uh, I was, a, I facilitated uh, essentially council for, for about three and a half hours of that staff day, you know, virtually with our bishops participating and, and, and using prompts and going into small groups uh, where I trained about 10 or 12 facilitators in just the kind of basic languages of council and then also our larger groups. So uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a wonderful journey that I continue to, uh, you know, be on, so. Thank you, Bobby. The perfect interviewer, I would say. <laughs> and the question that comes up for me is, um, how has counsel informed you about who you are in a circle, having been in these hierarchical institutions for so long? So how, how has counsel informed you about places in you that you may not have known before you were introduced to this practice? Well, for a lo lot of my life, I really struggled with humility. I was very prideful. And I, I don't believe that I was also uh, the best listener. And in some cases that, I know this sounds antithetical, but actually served me very well as a, like a military officer being uh, very decisive uh, and able to make decisions and, and hopefully making right decisions most of the time. I don't know that I did that, but that was the hope. Um, you know, kind of that really traditional Western approach to leadership, for example, you know, being say, you know, being informed, but then being decisive and acting. And I think counsel has provided me, uh, I don't want to say a tool because that's the wrong word. I, I don't know the word that I'm looking for, but has provided me, uh, the ability, because uh, there's been a lot of personal growth with me, you know, being a regular participant of the council for the last five years now, the ability to uh, uh, be more humble. And also really for me, the ability to really not only recognize how important it is to listen and to listen with empathy and listen from the heart, but to actually feel it, that it's kind of part of who I am, that I, that I really want to listen from the heart. Okay, that I want to uh, that I want to hear because I know I, I love to learn, and you know it's it's part of who I am. You know how I guess that's how God created me, and and recognizing that you know when you're really intentional about your listening, how much you can learn, learn from others, and just learn, right? Uh, so I felt like you know as I look back, uh, you know the, the the earlier version of me in this life. Uh, probably missed out on some learning opportunities because I wasn't as an engaged and empathetic listener as I probably, you know, am now, uh, hopefully that I am now. Um, and it's been kind of transformative too. I find myself uh, being very comfortable listening. I'm still, I'm still the same extrovert. So I like to talk too, you know, as I'm talking here. Um, but uh, the listening piece has been transformational for me. And, and I credit that mostly to uh, counsel. 
you know, being able to do that and, and feeling very comfortable, you know, sitting in space, sitting in the council space and listening to others and listening to their stories. You know. um, so that's been, I hope that answers that piece of the question. Absolutely. And, uh, and I also hear that it, it may have informed you, if not transformed your relationship with other people in your personal life, right? In your private life, not only at work. Is there anything about that that you would like to share with us? Yeah, um, I think it's done a lot for, you know, yes, the professional piece because I, I utilize it, in the, it, it, you know, in a professional setting or I sit in council in a professional setting or, on many occasions, but also in my personal life, um, you know, I, I'm a father of four children and they're all, you know, developing, you know, they're, they're adults now, but they continue to develop. They're, in their, they're all in their 20s. Uh, but between being a father and being a husband, uh, I think I've been able to grow my capacity to uh, be more understanding and accepting of just where they are at, at this time. Uh, you know, we do a lot of, uh, uh, we do a lot of, time together uh, that's probably council-like, although we don't call it council, where we sit at the dinner table and we talk about, you know, not only how our day is, what we're thinking about this and that. And uh, I didn't always, uh, I wasn't always an active participant in that, even as a father, you know, um, and I think now I'm a much more active, uh, I have much more active role in that, not just in terms of listening, but also uh, you know, seeking out what they're thinking and seeking out what their thoughts are, you know, that I didn't always do as a father. I, I, I took a probably a more hierarchical approach earlier in my fatherhood and the kids were still in their, their teen years, so. Mm. Beautiful. Well, is there anything else that is beating strongly in your heart to share with the listeners? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think, and, I, and I've learned this from you, Yamin, that's, I, I think, important is, is um, you know, we often think of council as, uh, I won't say formal, but a process where we're, where we're uh, you know, sitting in a circle, in a space with a group, maybe a smaller group, sometimes a larger group. Um, and I think that, you know, as I go deeper and deeper into, into the practice and continue to learn more about counsel and then also learn more about myself is that there's opportunities for counsel in everyday encounters, whether you call it counsel or not. Uh, you know, the whole idea of the, the four intentions that we honor, uh, you know, uh, listening from the heart and speaking the heart, for example, and even the, the spontaneous piece um, is something that we can do in every conversation that we have with another human being, right? You know, we have to be intentional about it too. Um, you know, I do a lot of work uh, with folks that you know, live on the margins, the poor, the formerly incarcerated, the currently incarcerated uh, immigrants that are not documented, that are kind of living in the shadows. And, uh, you know, folks that are marginalized, oftentimes I think the best gift that you can give them is the gift of just listening to them. You know, the, the gift of listening uh, with empathy and, and just honoring their story or honoring what they have to say, even to some, you know, um, you know, quick greeting, I think is is a, is a wonderful gift that I can take from counsel and then from, you know, my own faith. 
So uh, that's what I would leave everybody with, just the, the gift of being, the listening to others and, uh, you know, to honoring, you know, what others have to say. So. Thank you so much, Bobby. Thank you. Thank you.